When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Athletic. It is the best club in the world. Don't care what other people think. I cannot qualify for the Champions League if you play as inconsistent as we do in the moment. So how's that? We have to fix that and then we will see where we'll end up. We all know that a lot of things are possible and but um, for that we have to win football games and we didn't do that often enough. But. Let's face it, a Premier League week to forget for Liverpool. Beaten again by a side down the foot of the table. The season hits a new low and there's real fears over top four status. So where do the answers lie as the league season slips into nightmare territory? I'm Steve Hothersall, joined by a deflated James Pearce and a mystified Andy Jones for a pod that I don't think anyone... Imagine we'd be having James at this time of the season. What has happened to this side? How do you feel? Uh, it's it's difficult to make sense of, Steve, especially when you think that, what, two weeks ago we were sat here talking about a spirited victory over Manchester City. And, you know, is is this finally the turning point we'd all been waiting for and how you know Liverpool looks so much more like their old selves and you know, <laughs> it, it felt like something really important to build on. And, you know, if... If anyone had said to you then, Liverpool would then go and lose to to Forest, who were bottom, hadn't won in 10, and then Leeds, you know, a manager on the brink of the sack, hadn't won in eight, to lose to both those teams, it, you know, it's, it's inexplicable, really. And I think you'd have to say on both occasions, Liverpool got what they deserved. It wasn't, it wasn't some freak results that happen sometimes. I know you can point to the, the saves that, that the Leeds keeper pulled off on the weekend, but Liverpool are just so easy to get at. And you know the fact that even mediocre opposition are able to punish them in the manner in which they have done the last two weekends just lays bare the extent of the problems that, that Jurgen Klopp is currently wrestling with. I mean, they've got to be beating Leeds, Andy, haven't they? Lost, as James put it there, they beat the best team in the league and lose to the worst two sides in the league. Make sense? Make any sense of that? I don't think you can. Uh, and that's what is almost the most frustrating part of it all. It's... You know, you can you can sort of throw blame in, in so many different different places, but quite frankly, regardless of you know of anything, it's just unbelievable to think that Liverpool, even with the, the struggles they've had this season, would lose both of these two games. Especially one being at home, obviously, and the the home record that they've got. It's it is impossible to make sense of because it, as you say, you know, two weeks ago beat beat Manchester City and you know put in a performance that looked. Like a Liverpool side, and and how can a team from five months ago who who was so on you know on the brink of as, as we keep saying on the brink of immortality look such a shell of themselves? And I don't think you can make sense of it, and I think that's the problem because it's like, well, how do you solve this? And no matter what Klopp and the players and and, and whatever is happening, things just aren't being solved, and they aren't working things out. And the Premier League form, especially, is just you know it's it's just crazy. I don't think they actually started that badly in the minutes preceding 
the goal, but the goal was a shambles, wasn't it? Gomez's pass wasn't great. If Allison doesn't slip, everything's fine, doesn't it? But Liverpool actually started okay, but the amount of gifts that they're offering teams, even when they haven't gone behind, they've, they've looked like they've tried to go behind, James, in games. Yeah, it's been... You kind of ask yourself, how can you keep on starting games so slowly? And you even you think back to to Amsterdam last midweek, and I know it. You know, ultimately, it's a, a comfortable victory for Liverpool, but again, horrendously slow out the blocks, which it just points to something not being right in terms of the preparations, in terms of the mindset, the concentration levels. We even saw it in the seven-one at Rangers. You know, again, it gets lost amidst the final scoreline. But how how sloppy and shoddy Liverpool were early on then and um, yeah what is it now 12 Premier League games into the season eight times they've conceded the first goal four of those times inside the first 16 minutes that is happening too often for it to you know just be a freak thing it's it's a proper weakness that Klopp and his staff seem unable to to nip in the bud that you know you associate with the success Liverpool have had under Klopp you know imposing yourselves on opponents and you know when Liverpool are at their breathless best you know, you've almost got your, your foot on the throat, haven't you? You're not, you know, opponents don't get a sniff. It was, how many times have we seen that over the years where it's like before they've even really settled, Liverpool are a couple of goals up and the game's almost done and dusted. Yet, repeatedly, Liverpool just keep on shooting themselves in the foot. And yeah, the opening goal on Saturday, I mean, it, I mean, where do you start? I mean, Joe Gomez hasn't even looked up, has he? I still think Alisson deals with that if he doesn't slip. But of course, you know, you throw in the fact that he, he did lose his footing and it's an absolute gift for Rodrigo and the whole mood around the place changes. And then, you know, as Klopp's himself, the winning goal is probably even worse when you when you look at the ball out wide and you've got, I think, Milner and Curtis Jones there. Neither of them stop the cross. But even when that ball comes into the box, you're thinking, well, again, there shouldn't really be too much to worry about here because you've got, you've got Van Dijk, you've got Gomez, you've got Thiago. But the, the the ball watching, the fact that no one took responsibility, and, and before you know it, Somerville has turned, uh, you know, what would have been a bad night into an absolutely disastrous one. They're mentally drained, aren't they? We, we've talked a few times on the pod this season, Andy, about how you know the hangover from last season, physically and and mentally. I suppose another question to to ask now is that there's players who actually seeing the possibility of winning the league completely disappearing. There's only there's only so many years ahead of them where they, they think, actually, we could do this again. This came so close last season. There's the aspect of how some individuals, top individuals, respond to that. It's so early in the season. They know they're not going to win the league. It's, it's like, how do they get back on it? Yeah, and I think you can almost sort of relate it to, to the Champions League. I know we had the Napoli game, and I know there's been question marks about the Champions League performances but you see the results that Liverpool have got in the Champions League and you compare it to the league and and it sort of I guess sort of outlines that difference if you like is that they still very much can win the Champions League you know the next time they'll play in the competition you know for a re I know they've got Napoli but you know for an actual reason um, I know they can still top the group but you know going through into the knockout rounds you know that'll be what February when hopefully they'll have players back and maybe things will look a bit different and and there's still a feeling that, you know, out of all this, Liverpool could potentially still win the Champions League, which feels like a mad statement at the moment. But you just never know with knockout competitions and Liverpool's history in it. But yeah, I think it's one of them. Are they just feeling sorry for themselves? And I kind of understand it in the sense that, you know, the, the results because of how poor they were at the start of the season and, and they've continued, obviously. But, you know, it became very obvious that Liverpool were not going to be winning the league. And for a team that has gone 
so close twice to, you know, they obviously won it once, but they could be three-time champions, given the points totals. They've gone close twice in the Champions League. Is it just a case of, at this point, it's like feeling like the world is against them and, and, you know, on this occasion, they are just, they just can't get themselves out of this malaise almost. It, it does feel like that lockdown period where, you know, they, I think they lose well, it six on the bounce at home or something like that. And, and you know, there was just, again, there was that feeling of, we can't win the league, this is just hard, this is all these types of things, everything's conspiring against us. And yeah, it, it, it does feel like that. And it, and I think that is one of the main reasons why it's so mentally draining. And, you know, you would you would say that you've got to, you have to overcome this, you know, as, you know, as elite players, you, you've got to be better than that. And you, you've got to not feel sorry for yourself. But you can sort of see over the build-up of so many years of, you know, if, if, if this Liverpool team playing in sort of any other era, that, you know, they're looking at, They'll have won more, much more than they, they have, and they've won a lot. And it, yeah, you just feel it. Is it, is it one of those situations where they just sort of thought you just, just a bit too much for them this season? Given, as you say, that the, the events of last season and, and how it ended in sort of a success, but not the success everyone wanted, and and how that has, has therefore dragged on into this season. They've got to get over it. They've got to start next season fighting for the big one again, haven't they? And I suppose all all this leads to the conversation around the Champions League. And James, you've written on it. It's on The Athletic right now. Liverpool at serious risk of missing the Champions League money that underpins all they do. The, The conversation around missing out on the top four would have been unthinkable weeks ago. It's a realistic one. It's madly a realistic scenario now. It is, yeah. I know people will say, "Well, hang on a minute. It's the gap's only eight points, and there's a there's a long, long way to go this season." And that's true. But you know, when you, when you've just lost to the two worst teams in the division, in in the manner in which you have done, of course, it's a it's a fair debate. Especially when you look at you know the form that Newcastle are in, and you look at Tottenham pulling out the bag on the weekend after you know a, a, a sticky spell that they'd been in in the past couple of weeks. So you know, Man United winning winning again. Yesterday, I mean that. You know, I think I think nothing kind of illustrates better the current plight than the fact that it's the identical record that Roy Hodgson's Liverpool had after twelve games. And you know when you when you think back to you know the twelfth game that season was a horrific draw with Wigan Athletic, and you know by that point you know fans were already chanting for for the return of Kenny Dalglish as as manager for a second spell and had had enough of Hodgson. And of course, the circumstances are vastly, vastly different in terms of no Liverpool fan in their right mind would seriously be questioned in Jurgen Klopp's future at the minute because, you know, he's probably been the most transformative figure in the club's history since Bill Shankly. And I, I still believe that, that he will you know sort this out and put them back on track. But, you know, that's how bad things are at the minute. And you know, back then it was... It was easier to fathom because you had Paul Koncheski and Christian Paulson representing you a week in, week out. You know now with with the lineup and even on the weekend, you're like you can blame injuries, but apart from you know Diaz, Jota, even Jota, you'd have to say in the second half of last season wasn't guaranteed a start. That was that wasn't a makeshift Liverpool team on the weekend, and I know Klopp will say, well, you know, ideally. You know, he would have wanted to have changed it more and freshen it up because 10 of that 11 started in, in Amsterdam in midweek. But then, OK, well, well, why didn't you? Because you could have done. You know, you, if you had full belief in the squad players, you could have played Oxlade-Chamberlain. You you could have played Carvalho. You could have played Canate. He was fit again at the back. And then that brings us back down to, you know, whether the squad is, is sufficiently strong. And 
unfortunately, the answer so far this season has been no, that, you know, fears that they didn't do enough in the summer have, have been realised because um, it just has that feeling of things going a bit stale and almost flogging the same players week in, week out who have gone to the well for Klopp for so long that you wonder what, what they've actually got left in the tank at the minute. Yeah, it's like the squad hasn't been refreshed enough over, over several windows, isn't it? James, you, you actually put in your piece, maybe FSG has had it too good for too long, over-reliant on Klopp's ability to balance the books. Is that is that what you believe? Yes, yeah, yeah, I do, I do. Because I think what Klopp has, has achieved, you know, you have to be careful, everything's relative, isn't it? And, you know, people will say, well, hang on a minute, you know, Darwin Nunes, look, you look, at, look at the cost of him this summer and all the rest of it, it's like, well, hang on a minute. For a start, it was sixty-four million guaranteed, not eighty-five. You know, I, I think, I think he'd probably have to win Strictly Come Dancing and Eurovision for Liverpool to to end up paying eighty-five million for him. But you just look back on the back of winning the league, you know, on the back of you know almost winning the quadruple last season. I think, I think there probably was complacency, you know, right from the offices in Boston down in terms of why do we need to do more than that? Because yeah, of course we replace. Sadio Mane, you know, we, we go in a slightly different direction. The recruitment staff believe that Darwin Nunes is the right man for the job. And, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't point any fingers of blame at, at Darwin Nunes because, um, you know, he started to come good over the last few weeks. But, you know, what else did they do? They brought in two young players with potential in Ramsey and Carvalho and then didn't address the glaring weakness, which was, have Liverpool really got enough, you know, depth in that, in that midfield department? didn't do anything and then ended up panicking on deadline day and bringing in Arthur Mello who, who wasn't fit and then his attempts to get fit has ripped his thigh and is out for for three to four months so yeah when you I mean when you look back Thiago is the only senior midfielder Liverpool have signed since Cater in 2018 and yeah it's it's great to bring through young players and all the rest of it and and Liverpool have got some big big talents coming through but they haven't got certainly in that midfield department enough players who you'd say are in their peak years, and the ones that are, you can't rely on them to stay fit. And I think, I think there's also an argument that FSG are culpable for not putting their hand in their pocket enough because Klopp said himself, I asked him at the back end of the window, and you know, do you feel as if you've been backed enough? And he said, you know, of course I'd like to take more risks sometimes. He said, but I accept the way that FSG run the club. Um, but I also think there's an element of Klopp being too loyal to certain squad players because there was a quote from him where he said, you know, we're not the kind of club that, you know, if a player's got a couple of years left on his deal and, you know, if he wants to stay, we're not the type of club that would that would actively try and move him on. And I'm like, I remember thinking at the time, well, that's a strange thing to say, because to me, that's not a weakness. That's a strength to be ruthless and to know when when you need to, to freshen things up. And yeah, part of the problem, as much as, you know, yes, the injury situation has been unfortunate, but it's not been... When you look at the identity of some of those players who have contributed nothing so far this season, it's not a big shock, is it? Because, you know, their history told you that. And that's why when Klopp, I remember at the start of pre-season, he said, you know, I don't understand this argument that we need another midfielder. And he rattled off all the names. And it was it was never about quantity. It was about quality and durability. Could they actually stay fit and do a job over an extended period? And, you know, unfortunately, the answer's been no. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Andy, we've obviously all got an emotional attachment to the club and what happens there. FSG have got a business attachment. That's the reality of the situation, isn't it? And from their perspective, it's vital that they finish top for the Champions League money for them is everything to maintain their business model and get the best out of the football club. Yeah, exactly. And I think they will be extremely worried given what, what has happened. And, and you wonder how much it may impact what happens in January, I guess, because usually Liverpool don't or try and avoid doing things. Not that they're trying to avoid, but don't, don't do much in January unless something you know, like Diaz last season sort of falls in the lap and makes loads of sense. Well, they did it badly at the end of the last window, didn't they, Andy? With, with Arthur, really. Yeah, you know exactly. they waited waited too long. They need a, a second look at how they're dealing with those windows. Exactly, and I think yeah, it, the money is everything. I mean, that was the the biggest thing when when they came in, wasn't it? It was getting back into that that sort of top four and 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 maintaining the place. And then you you look at Liverpool's wage bill, for example, which is continued to build and build over the years, and you know is, is is now up there with with the highest in the division. That partly relies on you know the the Champions League. You know, money coming in, and, and and whether there's you know stuff in contracts about if they don't make it and stuff like that, which you know sometimes can can be in there. That will, I guess, ease the blow somewhat. But yeah, no, it's it's all about that. And then and that's the thing we we keep talking about freshening things up and, and this rebuild. And you know, if if Liverpool are going to go and spend a, you know a lot of money, which it looks like they need to do on this squad in the next sort of two three windows. If they've not got the Champions League money to do, you know, to help that, that's a huge problem because, you know, if if you're if you're going to be in the Jude Bellingham race, which is going to be a hundred million plus, but you need more, you need much more than Jude Bellingham at the moment based on this evidence. You know, how are you going to fund all these all these moves? Because the other Liverpool haven't really got the excess squad at the moment where where they've been able to comp- continue to sell players window to window or summer to summer which has then helped fund their own moves even that element you look at the squad now and you sort of think well who's the next to be sold and there's not many if if any really for a you know a decent decent price so that's the big thing in, in terms of if, if you're looking to you know continue to, to pay these wages and also you want to go and refresh the squad and pay a lot of money for you know a number of players for the, the quality that you need and you want that Champions League money is, is vital and, and it's also the appeal, isn't it? You know, you want to be, you're going to attract more players if you're in the Champions League than, than if you're not. Is there any sort of feeling, James, that, that you can compare what's happening now to any other period in Liverpool's history? I, I couldn't quite sort of match it up with anything, you know, end of the 80s into the 90s, obviously real difference, but it doesn't feel like what we've got right here, right now. No, I think it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's still, it's still over a relatively short period when what was it three months isn't it you know august september october so i i I think you know people i keep reading people saying it's a it's a team in terminal decline and a massive rebuild is required and all the rest of it i i i wouldn't go that far to be perfectly honest with you i i just think it's been the perfect storm with lots and lots of factors contributing to it you know all the things we've talked about previously and you get kind of bored repeating them, but they are, you know, it's true, you know, right from, you know, as Andy said earlier, you know, the, 
the, the physical and the mental impact of last season, you know, the the shortened preseason, the injuries that, you know, and Klopp does have a point where he says, you know, the what the injuries have done is it means you end up overplaying players that you'd like to give a break to sometimes. And then that increases the chances of them getting injured. And then when you've got you know, reduced options, you're bringing back players from injury quicker than you'd ideally like. And that increases the chances of them getting injured as well. So we all know that, you know, that how precious belief and confidence is and how setbacks can crush that. And there's been plenty of setbacks to to damage morale. And then, as we talked about before, the, the lack of activity in the summer I know what Klopp is clinging to is the World Cup is acting like a, a, you know, essentially a big reset button. And that's why I think that we need to just hold fire because the damage in terms of qualifying for the top, top four can still be repaired. It's just they've given themselves a lot of ground to make up. You know, still got both domestic cups, guaranteed Champions League knockout football in February. The challenge is to ensure that Liverpool are a much different beast in the second half of the season. And Klopp, We'll hope, you know, he'll look at it and think, you know, we just need to get through this next fortnight. And that's a worry, the fact that you know, that eight-point gap could be worse come the World Cup because, you know, you've got to go to Tottenham, you've got to go you know, play at home to Southampton. I'm sure it'll be a very youthful team that plays against Derby in the League Cup midweek next week. And then, you know, the players will get, a, a lot of players aren't going to the World Cup. They will get a proper break. And then they've got the training camp in Dubai. And then the players, as they get knocked out of the World Cup, will go and join that. So it's the second pre-season. Obviously, Diaz should be fit by then. You'll have Matip back around as well. You know, Cater hopefully will be a serious option by that point. You know, I, I think it'll be well into the new year before we see Jota back in a Liverpool shirt. But um, so those, those things, I think, at the minute, you know, give you hope that things will get better and this won't isn't just some absolute write-off of a season. But I also think the owners are going to have to put their hand in their pocket in January because... Um, well, we saw last season with the arrival of Diaz, you know, how that enabled Liverpool to just kick on. And, you know, there's absolutely no doubt that the squad is in the, in need of a, a the same kind of a pick-me-up. But, you know, rather than attacking firepower, this time around we're talking about in that engine room in the centre of the pitch because, um, you know, they need an injection of quality. Yeah, Fabinho's nowhere near his best, is he, at the moment? Again, you know, there was a moment, wasn't there, on the pitch at the weekend where... Klopp's barking at him. Fabinho almost encourages the crowd at one point to stop getting off their backs, doesn't he? And then he's, I think, I think they're on. They groaned a little bit when Harvey did something wrong. Fabinho then looked to the crowd and said, "You know, get off our backs," sort of thing. You you can see players like him are feeling it. Yeah, and it it must be so frustrating because what has happened over the last you know few weeks, few months is, as you know, has left such a mark, and you just sort of. I guess fear in the worst and, and obviously the way the game starts doesn't help and, and that sort of I guess sets the tone and as you say Liverpool started well but then when you can see the goal like you do you just think oh here we go again type thing and yeah it, it, the, crowd, the crowd's a massive thing and it, you know it, it, it can't help the players when there's the, that continuation of sort of frustration and um, but equally you can understand why there's the, why there's the frustration I think it, it does feel like everyone just sort of needs this World Cup just to have a break and just everyone just go away from each other and sort of have a nice holiday and then I'll come back and, and I'll be good mates again by the you know that first game back and it, it does feel like it needs a bit of that, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, no, it, it can't be helping the players and I understand why they're sort of reacting in the way they're reacting to 
to some of the moans and groans because it must be frustrating because they'll know themselves that they're not where they need to be and what and they're not at the levels they should be at. You do, you just you just do think that hopefully Liverpool can sort of get through this next two weeks as well as possible. You know, you probably take four points in those two league games at the moment, the way things are going, uh, and shake your hand and bite your hand off at that. At that. Ideally, it'd be six, but who knows? Um, but yeah, it's it's just one of them, isn't it? You, you just hope that you can get there, and when everyone has a break and everyone comes back, everyone's back with smiles on their faces and happy and happy to see Liverpool playing. And, and hopefully, those first few games set a tone and a tempo, which is the right one, which is what didn't happen at the start of the season with, with those games against Fulham and Palace and, and United. We're sponsored for this episode of Walk On by LinkedIn, so it's only right that we crowbar in a reference to Liverpool's super slick recruitment process while we talk them up. Because when you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like Arnie Slot, probably. In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. In fact, on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash walk. That's L-I-N-K-E-D-I-N dot com slash walk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Tottenham away is a toughie, but, you know, Southampton coming to Anfield, they're going to be thinking we can get points there. There's zero sort of fear factor for these teams now, James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that and that's, that's why when you do lose to to such limited teams as as Forest and you only had to look at the way in which Arsenal dismantled Forest on Sunday to appreciate how dreadful that result was at the city ground and then you know a Leeds team you know on the brink and in dreadful form and you know beaten at home by Fulham recently you know every, every game starts to look tricky doesn't it that's the, the the predicament that Liverpool are in at the moment yeah it it just feels like they just need to to limp through to the World Cup and try and minimise any further damage as as much as as possible. I suppose it, it helps in a little way that the fact there's pressures off a little bit. You'd say against Napoli at Anfield on Tuesday night, the fact the qualification is already secure. I know I, I don't think it'll be the same Napoli that we saw over there that absolutely tore Liverpool to shreds. You know, I, I thought it was interesting that I think they've they've sent back quite a few tickets Napoli that that the fans ended up not not taking because I think obviously it's not. You know, as much riding on it as as people maybe would have thought at the the start of the group. So, and I don't think it makes a massive difference either whether you win the group or or come second. So, um, but then you know there is that financial element for for Klopp. It, it, so it will be intriguing to see what kind of team he picks because what is it two and a half million quid I think it is for each Champions League group stage win. You know, and when we're talking about the importance of Champions League, you know, next season in terms of just how important that revenue stream is for the club, it's. You know, obviously they want to maximise it as much as possible this season, but yeah, that that Tottenham away game on the weekend feels feels really big because um, you know that that is not a place you want to go to with Son and Kane running at you if you if you're filled with fear and and self doubt. It just feels like we're in that never ending circle at the minute of you know one one decent result. You know, is this the turning point? Followed by you know. Uh, you know a wretched setback you know how are you going to pick the players up again and then 
you know, he, he, he manages to do it, but then it's not sustained. And that's the problem at the minute is glaring inconsistency that he, he can't seem to, to shake off. I don't know how many times we've talked about the reset button this season, James. It's been a, a, a recurring topic on this pod, hasn't it? Also, as well, a, a number of times we talked about formation because you've written about it a number of times. I was looking at it at the weekend. I was thinking some of these players just aren't comfortable. It almost felt like some of them didn't know what their responsibilities or duties were in, in that formation. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I, I kind of agreed with Klopp, you know, but after that, the, the debacle at home to Brighton when Liverpool you know, conceded three and could have conceded five or six that something needed to change and he was limited personnel wise. And so, I, I, you know, and I, and I think to a degree that you'd have to say the change of system to a, you know, what was essentially, you know, it's, it's fluid, isn't it? You know, you were watching it at the weekend and, you know, at times it looked like four, two, three, one other times it looked like the four, four, two diamond that I think it was the four, four, two diamond that he'd used in, in Amsterdam in midweek. But they haven't. That's the other thing with with the schedule as it is. It's not like they've had a, a large amount of time to work on, you know, formation changes. And I think in general, it had made Liverpool more secure and solid and and compact. But I think you know the thing at the weekend was it was a reminder that it doesn't matter what system you play. If players don't do their jobs properly, if players don't have the legs to cover the ground, to close down space and to put in challenges, then you're going to get found out. And you know, it was scary how easy Liverpool were to cut through on the weekend. You know, those those two big chances that Leeds created, you know, after Liverpool had got it back to one all. And it, you, know, you look at it, it only ever seems to take one pass. I think there was one second half as well where Liverpool were on the attack. And it was like a simple 10, 15 yard pass. And it was like, hang on a minute, Liverpool have gone from what was a very promising attack to Leeds have got like a four on two breakaway. To me, that's not the system. That's just players not doing their jobs properly. That's not a game plan. That's just you know, that's that's just glaring vulnerability and lack of organisation and and communication. That's hurt Liverpool, you know, so much time and time again this season. Well, Liverpool always won games, didn't they, by working harder, running harder, intensity. Stats show Leeds actually outran them um, on the day. Both teams had a real need to win the game for different reasons. That. Re- provoked a better response from Leeds and Liverpool, bizarrely enough. Andy, half an hour of absolute moaning. Do you feel any better for it? Uh, no. <laughs> so all the problems are still there. I, I'm looking forward to Napoli just because it's a pressure off game and I can actually go and watch it and just be like, oh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, and hopefully the players see that as well and it maybe gives them a little bit of a, you know, a, a better feeling than, than what they've had. But yeah, no, it's... Um, yeah, as, as James said earlier, get me to that World Cup. Uh, finally, finishing off, James, a, a few of the players going to play again against Napoli? Is there a need for a bit of confidence building for a couple of them? What do you expect in the team? I, th- I think he's going to have to freshen it up. I think I'm sure we'll see Canate you know, come back into the team. It's you know, we were, So actually a couple of hours before Klopp's press conference, we were recording this. So, um, But if, as long as there's no, not any late issues on, on that front, you'd imagine it's tailor-made for Canate to make, make his comeback. You know, it's... You know, you know, probably Simicus, you'd imagine, as well, um, after the demands on Robertson of late. And, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be looking for someone like Fabio Cavallio as well, just to freshen things up a bit. Because, as Andy said, it's it's not a free hit, because I don't think you can have a free hit when you're in as bad form as Liverpool are in at the moment. Because I think, you know, it's so fragile that you, you don't want another setback. But 
you know, he, the fact that qualification is already boxed off, I think he has to have, you know, one little look ahead to, towards the weekend and, you know, trying to, trying to just get back some kind of feel-good factor because, you know, that was the other thing on the weekend. You could sense just the complete kind of impatience and exacerbation around that stadium because targets have dropped off, you know, an absolute mile. And, you know, where, where we started in August to to where we are now, it's the difference between light and day. And you could say that, yes, you know, but you know, we've had it, we've had the good times rolling for a long time. And, you know, maybe this is a bit of a painful reality check and you have to go through the bad times to really appreciate the good ones. But there's no excuse for why it's as bad as it is at the minute. And um, just a big couple of weeks to try and put things right. And then, you know, obviously the the real proper surgery will, will take place in, in December. You want to hear more from uh, from James and Andy? You want to read more from the boys? Head to The Athletic right now. If you're not a subscriber, you can read all of the articles on Liverpool, everything on the site. If you head to theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool pod, special price of a pound a month for six months at theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool pod. Loads of positivity on the Burnley front, by the way, on the side from Thankfully. Andy, who all, all, all of us doesn't, has it? A happy season to cover on that front. Uh, thank you very much, guys. Thanks for listening to the pods. And we'll be back with you later in the week after the Napoli game. See you then.